what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Thursday Best Bets episode of the National Basketball Association for January 18th. Albert Wynn, the Analytics Capper. You can find him on Twitter and in the Action Network app at Analytics Capper. is going to join me and help me out with breaking down what his best bet is for the Thursday slate. We're on the same game, so that should be easy. We are tomorrow on the Thursday night for Friday morning episode of Buckets with our Futures Look. I'm going to talk to Sean Little about the Pascal Siakam trade. It went down on Wednesday. If you want to know more about the Pascal Siakam trade, you can read more about it in the Action Network app. Got a new column up, breaks down everything that, kind of the thoughts on, on what this means for this team, kind of gives some insight into how this kind of came about, given that Siakam was reticent to commit to resign, and what that means for the Pacers going forward. Spoiler alert, it's a pretty good thing, and we'll see what happens with the Raptors going forward as well. I have more NBA trade intel here before the end of the week, kind of breaking down what I've been hearing around the association. Check that out. Also, make sure that you check out our YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash the Action Network. I reacted live today on Green Dot Daily, which is going to be on our YouTube page every single day. It breaks down and gives you your gambling slate for the day, the gambling agenda for the day every day on Green Dot Daily with Maria Marino. Make sure to check that out. You can find it at youtube.com slash the Action Network. All right, Albert Wynn, the analytics capper. You're my guy tonight for best bet. What do you got for the Thursday slate in the association? Yeah, man, I'm excited to do this show with you. It's kind of last year. For those who didn't listen to last season, this is kind of the tandem here. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. We've been really hot recently finding these spots and edges. I know there's a lot of noise, a lot of positive vibes around Indiana around Pascal Siakam, and it was a great move for them. But I'm going to fade them tomorrow. I like the Kings' first half. The line is not out yet. The full game is minus 7.5. So I'm assuming the first half is going to be minus 4. So I like the Kings' minus 4. I think it's going to be a domination by the Kings tomorrow night. Interesting. Okay. Not a Tyrese Halliburton revenge spot, as Tyrese Halliburton is out for the Indiana Pacers. I'm going to be on the Pacers here. I can't get to this number based off of the power rating. You can take away... Tyrese Halliburton and Bruce Brown and I guess Jordan Nawara is a guy that you could technically take off of this slate and you could do all of those things and you could take away Reggie Miller and Rick Smits and Bob Natolicki and I can't get to this number. So I'm curious to know, why do you like this spot so much for the Sacramento Kings in the first half? Yeah, this is a great spot for the Kings. They've lost three straight. They were on a five-game road trip. They're finally back home in, in Sacramento. Everybody knows they love to run up and down the floor in Sacramento. Indiana does play that style as well, but you mentioned it. They're missing a lot of their key pieces, and I'm not a guy that really uh, you know, handicaps games depending on injuries, but I think the style of play, when I say style of play, Matt, I mean the Pacers play zero defense. I think this is a get-right spot for the Sacramento offense because they only scored 117 against Phoenix, a similar team. I think they're going to get closer to 130, 135 in this game against Indiana. So 
I think it's just going to be too much for Indiana to keep up with. On the other side, if you look at the Pacers, again, great move for Siaka, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the reaction with Matt and Sean, but they're also on the road, right? Obviously in Sacramento, but prior to that, Utah, Denver, Atlanta, this is a like east to west coast trip that's going to be hard for them. I think they're just tired, Matt. This whole trade thing has been around the team now for a couple weeks. I think they're just tired, and I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Sacramento, who are going to be extra motivated because they've lost the last three games. You know, I think it's fair. I agree that it's not a bad spot. The numbers I've looked at when we start to look at the been on the road spots when they come home, the data is just kind of inconsistent. There's not like a real strong trend there. It seems at best like the books have adequately kind of compensated for it. The Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton are three and four this season in this stretch since, since January 10th when he suffered the latest injury. It's win-win, loss-loss. They lost to the Nuggets on the road. That's not a bad loss. They lost to the Jazz on the road. That's not a bad loss. I get the idea that, like, well, look, their two wins were the Wizards and the Hawks, not serious teams, right? So this is not necessarily like a – the Pacers, I think, are doing better maybe than I expected without Halliburton, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've been good. My problem, I think, more than anything, is not only the number laying this many points. I've said this on podcasts, and it's one of my favorite stats. I'll say it again. The Kings are decent defensively on the road, and they are garbage defensively at home. And it's like a weird stat that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense because you should be better in kind of all facets at home. There shouldn't be these extreme splits between home and road, or at least in the direction of the road. Like you, If you're bad on the road, okay, there's lots of teams like that. There's lots of teams that struggle on the road. But at home this season, the Sacramento Kings are 25th in the league in defensive rating. On the road, they are, last time I checked this, they were ninth, and they are currently 10th. They're tied for 10th. Guess who's actually better on the road defensively at the ninth best mark in the NBA? The Indiana Pacers. Wow, that's impressive. Pacers have actually been trending way, way up defensively over the last couple of weeks. For whatever reason, they kind of got to a tipping point. I forget what game it is, but they have one where it was just like Carlisle went even beyond, where he was just like, this is a joke. Like he was so frustrated and it seems like whatever it was, maybe it was a team meeting, whatever it was, they kind of got together and were like, all right, we do have to try like a little bit defensively. Do I think Bruce Brown leaving helps the defense? No. Was Bruce Brown necessarily impactful this season as a defender? No. Was Jordan Nawara? No. Right. Is Halliburton? No. So the defense should be able to hold here and it's actually been pretty decent. They're competitive and I think my thing is that I'm just much lower on the Kings. Like, I give them a bump. I've talked about this before. I have to give them a manual bump in power ratings because my raw numbers based off of half-court data are always kind of going to be like, mm-hmm, the Kings are not very good because they don't operate in the half-court that much. Even with that, though, I just simply can't get to this number. The Pacers have been too good consistently. I don't have them downgraded. I have them downgraded for being without Halliburton, but not nearly enough to get to this number. And given that the Kings haven't been good at home, I'm willing to go ahead and take the full points. But hopefully... Kings take first half, win that first half by about five points, and then uh, Pacers come back and win the second half on the road. It'll be tough, but we'll see who winds up winning. This podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
while I got you here, because you're such a smart guy, I do want to ask you, what is your consideration of Indiana when they do add Siakam? He will not play in this game, but when they do add Siakam, how is that going to change how you handicap the Pacers going forward? Man, I think initially there's going to be a little overreaction. I think Pascal Siakam, first of all, a caveat, he's one of the best players in the NBA, one of the most versatile on offense and defense. And I think he's been underrated now for a couple of years. With that being said, there is going to be a overreaction or a hype bump, if you will, for any of these trades. And I know it's been positive so far this season, right? Like OG going to New York was positive for that team. IQ and Barrett going to Toronto has been somewhat positive for that team. Harden was the only one that got off to a slow start when the Clippers lost, I think, the first five or six games. But they've been great ever since. So I think there's going to be an overreaction. So I'm not looking to fade Indiana once Pascal is in the starting lineup. But I'm definitely not going to back him initially. I, I have to wait and see. And also, we have to see how he plays with Tyrese Halliburton. Everybody thinks it's going to be, you know, like two peas in a pod. It's going to be an easy fit, but it takes a lot more adjustment, a lot more time for two superstars or two stars like that to kind of play together. So short answer is I'm going to wait and see. I think it's a, the right way to do it. Like, I I don't think I'm even going to give them an upgrade on power rating when he gets inserted in the lineup. Um, I'll give the return of Halliburton. I'll give that the bump that it requires in power rating, but I'm not going to necessarily bump them with Siakam because like you mentioned, Siakam, the most important thing on that team is going to be how he plays with Halley. And it's very rare that two guys just walk on the court together and click. It takes time. You know, Jokic and Murray are the best two man game in basketball. That took years to develop. There was a lot of years where you're like, Jamal doesn't know how to play with him. It took a long time to learn how to play with Jokic. And I don't think playing with Siakam or Halliburton is as difficult. They'll just run basic pick and roll stuff. And they do have Miles Turner to help facilitate. One thing I will say is that it is going to upgrade a lot of the spots where I would have been more apt to fade Indiana versus teams like Boston, the Sixers, the Nuggets, facing teams, the heavyweights. I will be a little bit more, there'll be a move back a little bit in my analysis game wise towards the Pacers because Siakam and Turner, like people forget Miles Turner was a DPOI candidate for about five years. He's excellent defensively. It's why it's like been frustrating for him that they've been so bad on defense with Siakam. That's going to improve. Those two are going to be like as good as Halley and Siakam are going to be in time together offensively. I think Turner and Siakam are going to do some awesome stuff defensively. So for now, my thanks to Albert Wynn, the analytics capper. You can find him on Twitter and in the action network app at the analytics capper. Albert, thanks so much. Thank you guys. All right, that's going to do it for Buckets. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, as well as Hutton Jackson and the video crew for putting this up over on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Action Network. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again tomorrow with Sean Little. Till then, let's get Buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.